0: Go. Good. I feel like I need to redo that all over again, but that's okay. I uh, thought
1: that was pretty good.
0: Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew.
1: And I'm Emily. And we're here today with our friend Sean Crawford. And if you are familiar with Sinusoid, which is a local company to us in the Pacific Northwest, Sean is one of their, their employees.
2: Hello, everybody. How are y'all doing today?
1: Well, uh, you know, I think just about as well as as a person can do <laughs> right now.
2: <laughs> Who's ready for outside to be legal again?
1: Oh, I'm real I'm getting a haircut tomorrow.
0: Oh, nice. That's fancy.
1: Yes. Uh I I really my my barber my, my he his name is George and he's just like this this rocker guy and uh he just had a baby and then all this happened. And it's just like him renting a chair at a studio in in Greenwood, my neighborhood. So I've been really itching to be able to support him again.
0: Your barber would be named George.
1: George, he's the it's it's Rick and I both love him a lot. My husband and I both love him a lot, and we joked about who would get him in the divorce.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I, I you know I'm not really ready to go outside at this point because I'm pretty sure I just butchered that intro riff, and. You know it's better than where I was about a week ago. So fun little story, super quick here. Uh, huge thank you to the super secret patron messenger chat on Facebook. Uh, y'all know who you are. You guys are all awesome. Uh, I are. I admitted, and maybe I shouldn't have, but I, I at least I was being honest. Is I admitted that I'd forgotten how to play the intro riff for the podcast because I haven't recorded.
1: We have, you haven't played it since like the Mount Hood in February.
0: Last year, February. Yeah. So, like,
1: oh, yeah. Last year, February. Yeah.
0: So, it's been like well over a year since I played the riff. And before, and that was, I, that was before the time before I played it, um, before that time was probably about two years ago now. Uh, no,
1: it was um in June or July. So whenever we went to see Rick Matthews. We recorded us both doing it and never did anything with that footage. Yeah
0: two years ago <laughs> it's june of two years later uh um,
1: yeah uh i don't know it, is it I, not like 2021 yet because this week has been like one of the longer weeks of my life
0: we're getting there we're getting there I uh, so i forgot that i uh i completely forgot how to play the riff and it, it became a topic of conversation and jason was kind enough to
1: wiser tr- or fuzzmonger
0: wiser Jason nice. Weiser was an absolute doll and learned how to do it, put Aww. it to sheet music, and sent it out for everybody. Uh, of course, I didn't read the sheet music because I'm a guitar player.
1: Oh, is that why he was asking Noah what uh clef yes, cello that was used? Yes, Oh, see, I, yeah, did did not miss. Just a little bit of brief
0: drama in uh, a sneak peek into the the drama that we have in that chat on a regular basis.
1: It's the most dramatic thing in the world. It's just
0: embarrassing. (laughs) Embarrassing. It's endearing. I love it.
1: No, I'm Uh, kidding. I love, I love our super secret chat.
0: No, no, no. We we all just heard you. There's no taking that back. No.
1: So uh, if you're out of the loop, we have a a Patreon, get offset, patreon.com slash get offset, and, uh, for as little do- as a dollar a month, you can support us. Um, and then if you want to spend a little bit more, I think it's the $10 a level. Uh, and we have to add, uh, the wonderful Damien Martinez. Uh, he just subscribed at the $10 level yesterday, but uh, awesome. you get access to a super secret group chat we have, and it's just talking about guitars and cats and whatever we we want to talk about as good people. Um, I also post demos and things early there. You get to have a lot more input on what we talk about on the show, what we do with the show, what Andrew does with his pedal toppers. You get
0: to tell me stupid that I'm stupid directly to my face.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As so that's about as direct as it gets these days. I, w-
0: I mean, I don't know about you, but I would pay good money to tell myself that I'm stupid every month. So
1: you don't do that in the, in the mirror every morning. Cause I do.
0: No, no, no. Free advice is, isn't worth anything.
1: I, I joke that I want to start a podcast with my friend Michelle called What Happened, and the tagline is where we try to answer the question you ask yourself in the mirror every morning, and it'll be people talking about, like, the the small and, and, and big things that happen in their life that aren't necessarily regrets, but kind of, like, explain how they got where they are.
0: I applaud you for looking at the mirror in the morning. I, for one, cannot bring myself to do that. It's too frightening. <laughs>
1: Okay, are you a vampire?
0: No, but you know, I can't be the only one that wakes up the morning super groggy, just going, "Nah, I can't do it." And you just know that you look like like your hair's all over the place, and your beard is all lopsided, and your your breath stinks, and just the last thing you want to do is just walk up to the mirror and be like, "Oh, what's up, dude?"
1: See, I love that. I look in the mirror at my bedhead. I'm like, I look cute and funny. It took me a long time to get here.
0: <laughs> Anyways, completely Sean. off topic.
1: Yes, we haven't talked to Sean in a few minutes.
0: <laughs> Sean's just sitting here like, uh-huh. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, guys.
1: All right. It's just be like that episode of, once the Gear Slum, they did this thing where they introduced themselves and then Dan Dull and said, I'm Dan. And then Andy from ScienceWide said, I'm Andy. And then they weren't in the rest of the episode at
0: all. <laughs> it was That's the not what we're going to do here.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. It's not.
0: Hey. So, uh... Hi, Sean. Uh, I, hi, Sean. Fine, say
1: something. Uh... Oops. oops. Hey, Sean, do you remember how we met? Uh,
2: I feel a little ashamed. Because <laughs> I... A part of it was kind of like, you know, I got here about a year and a half ago. And the first thing I did was like, okay, who do I need to know? Why do I need to know them? And you know just trying to meet all the people i can and uh be friends and you know just try and create a nice little network for myself um Mm -hmm. i heard about you guys at the shop um anthony was talking about y'all and oh
3: yeah
2: and i remember just looking up the um instagram and thinking oh this is nice is that a black cat his name (laughs) is princess gary fisher I'm in. Yeah. Sold. Sold. <laughs> Sold.
1: But that's not how we met.
2: <laughs> no. Um, I loosely f- remember how we met. It was probably very awkward on my end, and I apologize.
1: <laughs> no, uh, it was great. I was confused. I, I, So we met at the guitar store on Aurora, which, you know, soon, rest in peace, I, I suppose. Um, during one of their... I forget if it – I think it was the one with Juan and um, Nick
2: from – Yeah, we got it from Pedals and Effects, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is I the only places I, and I've been recognized – and I've been recognized as being part of the podcast a few times, the only times where people have actually recognized me and introduced themselves is at the guitar store. Uh, every other time, like, there was a guitar shop in Nashville, East Nashville – and after I told them, like, oh, I'm Emily from Get Offset, then they, they'd listen to the podcast, which was really cool. But The Guitar store is the only place for people to come up to me and be like, oh, I was just watching your video this morning.
2: Well, I remember um, the first thing I realized was, like, I saw the tank top, and then I was like, oh, snap. And then I, immediately I was kind of like, you need to relax because <laughs> you don't know. Like, I get really excitable. I love meeting people, like, um, especially if they're people that, like, I've seen and they seem like cool people from a distance. And sometimes I just turn into the freaking fifth grader I was whenever I met, like, uh, Sean Bradley. And I was like, oh, my God. I love this guy. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it was it was nice uh, meeting you there in that environment because it was very um, – i don't i don't don't know how to put it to be completely honest it was very comforting like usually whenever i pull up on people that are musicians or people that i'm being told like oh yeah you need to go meet this person there's an era of i'm not really here for that don't really come my way (laughs) like you know when not to approach somebody but um you're kind of giving off it was very friendly and i had a you know we had a pretty good conversation
1: i love meeting people very rarely would i be like leave me the hell alone like i'd have to be like in the middle of like an argument with somebody else to, to tell somebody like get away from me <laughs> i'm busy
2: it also be really rare for someone to pull up on you during a argument too
1: yeah th- there was one time at a show like i was setting up and someone really really wanted to talk to me about my tuna tone and i just kind of be like hey find me after my set Because I'm just trying to figure out a sound. Like, I was having an argument with the sound guy (laughs) about monitoring.
2: those are fun. Wait, is this the guy that was like, oh, hey, get your whole amp set up. I got a DI that kills.
1: Oh, we did not do that gig.
2: Oh, okay, okay. I mean, (laughs) it's
1: partially because COVID-19 happened, but I was not going to allow us to go unmonitored and direct. That's just insane. So uh, for the listeners at home there was a, our, our band was going to be booked for a show and the sound guy was reaching out to us via a third party and he really wanted us to use um the direct for uh the guitar sound. So I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's fine, but what's the monitoring situation going to be like?" And they're like, "None." They're like, "Well, then no." <laughs> Who does that it's bad bad enough every once in a while you play a show where they like they don't monitor the vocals diy gigs yeah sure cool but uh i I can't how is the how's the drummer gonna function not being able to hear anybody else
0: uh well because the drummer is what everybody else should be listening to come on
1: (laughs) i mean as a drummer do you not listen to the other people in the band
0: uh, when I'm playing drums, I got in-ears. Usually it's just bass and the vocals.
1: Well, the bass would not have been audible either. And neither would the vocals have been.
0: And if I knew the songs well enough, honestly, throw me in a pocket. Absolute most. Maybe I throw a metronome into one of my ears. And I will say. Kind of run with so, it.
1: We also have songs where just the bassist starts or just I start and then trying to get the drummer to, to come in after other people seems literally impossible.
2: This is where years of marching band comes in really handy.
0: Thank you. I was <laughs> so about to go there. I was my sophomore year of college, undergrad, undergrad. I was captain of the cymbal team. Ooh. on my drumline at my university. Fun fact.
2: Big ups to all of our drumline folk out there. That is a hard hustle.
0: My shoulder has literally never recovered. I can still make my right shoulder <laughs> pop and crackle from swinging around twenty-inch cymbals in all kinds of directions and twirls and spins. And oh, and it's out of my po- out of my socket.
1: Whoops! Oh, you you should hear my left shoulder. It's pretty amazing, and that's just from playing guitar.
0: All past. thank you. <laughs> I,
1: my nickname for my body is Snap, Crackle, and Pop. That's not that's a joke. It's real. It's true.
2: That's just be a whole podcast, just all of our bones
0: cracking. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: that right there is the entirety of the show. We can all go home now.
1: Is, would that be the different, the, like, the opposite of AM, AS, AM, AMSR, ASMR?
0: ASMR, and that is a very valid therapeutic art form. Thank you very right, much.
1: Right, but would would just, like, crack, like, listening to someone else's bones crack kind of be the opposite of that? Because that sounds like the opposite of soothing.
0: No, it would be perfect,
2: because, like, It'll be a nice reminder to never become a musician.
1: <laughs> Your body will Just never hate join.
0: You. Never join drumline. The golden left foot, not worth it.
1: Oh, yeah. So, uh, Andrew, what's new with you?
0: What's new with me? Um, it's been
1: a one bit. Week.
0: It's been a strange week on so many <laughs> levels.
1: It's been one week since.
0: Um. Oh. <laughs> Since we
1: were uh, supposed to record last and didn't.
0: Yeah, um, last week we didn't record, and for a handful of of good reasons. And over the course of the last week, uh, it's just there's been a lot to process. And I, I, we'll talk about it later in the show. I don't want to start off super, super heavy here. But uh, I guess to kind of give you a little bit of an insight where my headspace is just from the Fox Cairo perspective is I've been working on uh, releasing a, the topper for the line six helix floor for months now um, and put a whole lot of effort into it. And I've had this day on the calendar for a little bit um, this last Friday on the calendar for a little bit for like, this is our release day. And after this last week, like I didn't care. It was like, I I'm sure we're releasing something super exciting. I think it's, uh, in, in my opinion, I think it's the most exciting topper that we've done to date because of the the way that it wraps over the left side of the treadle and the the unique ability that my topper. I I could go like on on that, but like it just didn't seem it didn't seem exciting. It didn't seem noteworthy. I almost just flat out canceled it, um, and I honestly intentionally just haven't made it that big of a deal this week because there's a lot more that's. Way more important. So I've been a lot on my mind. Um, and uh, today we're recording this on Saturday. This will come out Tuesday. So three days ago now, I uh, mm-hmm. just launched the, uh, put together some artwork with the help of Sean.
1: Yeah, you did.
0: Uh, for a Black Lives Matter pedal topper design, all proceeds are going to get donated to the uh, NAACP chapter here in King County.
1: Nice. Good choice. Uh,
0: Local to the area, love this community Completely just And utterly shocked by some of The garbage that I've seen This week Um,
1: Yeah You know, let's talk about that later (laughs) We'll
0: talk about that later I'll just, for right this moment While we're talking about it I will simply say that this county Is named after Martin Luther King Jr.
1: Well now it is
0: And yet here we are It just, so many motions all at once so that's you know, about where i'm you at know,
1: with- you know it wasn't originally mlk jr right uh
0: it was when i moved here right
1: well i mean this this change happened a long time ago uh the county was originally named in 1852 after vice president william rufus Devane king a slave owner and advocate of the fugitive slave act and
0: uh yikes yeah
1: in 18 in 1986 i think is when it changed but in 2005 uh the state legislature legislature formally voted to make dr king our martin Luther king jr the county's official namesake
2: hmm. yeah. on today's so, episode of things i did not know
1: is this a history podcast sorry it, Sean, any uh, any new gear gear fun things with you?
2: Um, gear fun things, actually. Yeah, I've got a few things that I've gotten in. Um, we brought up the guitar store and meeting each other there. Uh, the new thing that I've recently got in that I, I'll i be completely honest. I don't know if I want to disclose because I want this to be my little secret. Um, I've gotten <laughs> the white gold from Recovery Effects.
1: Oh! <gasps> yes oh they're the best
2: they are i'm not gonna lie there's a part of me that feels like a jerk because uh for a little while during may they're like hey we're opening up our artist programs that way we can stay busy and also get you know got get you guys to where you're creating more often
1: yeah because musicians because musicians were you know, not getting gigs and not getting work from their second jobs that a lot of us have. So yeah. they, uh, for all those listening, uh, recovery effects based out of Seattle, Washington, my, my literal neighbors, they, um, they opened up their artist pricing for I think two or three months so that everyone could get that same rate, uh, on their pedals, which are just stellar.
2: Right. And I remember from, you know, just the overall guilt that I felt as a, uh, as a kid, whenever my parents would open up the beauty supply, um, a uh, beauty supply store we used to have back in Texas. And one of our biggest pet peeves would be the people that would p- kind of pull up and be like, yo, can I get a discount on this? Yo, can, can I get the, uh, can I get this on the low? Now, granted, yeah. I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> it was offered and I literally waited until the last minute. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Birthday's coming up. Just do it. And so the they IRS were really- pricing.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Cause, they um, wanted
1: you to do it.
2: Yeah, and that's what I was like. Okay, I might as well. It's being advertised, you know. And I've I've had this. My I've had my uh sights on this pedal for the longest time, and it's so good. To circle back to the guitar story story, I remember the moment Craig and Zara, or I hope they I
1: showed when they showed up. It was Craig and Zara,
2: yeah. Zara, Zara or Zara?
1: I think this was an E. Zara.
2: Zara i'm okay. sorry
1: she's she's told me and i'm just bad with names
2: yeah i'm I'm trying to not uh run into that same pe- pecan 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 all that
1: <laughs> tomato tomato
2: yeah <laughs> but i remember they strolled in the they strolled in the store and i just looked at them and i was like wow because they were both wearing matching hats I think they were- oh
1: yes, their hat game is so good. <laughs> and I felt like Sarah was wearing that wide brim, and Greg was wearing the yes. fedora.
2: Yes, yeah. I just remember looking at them, and I was like, "Oh, oh wow! I am very underdressed for this, and I'm just in my like, in my '76ers throwback. I'm just in jeans. <laughs> There's a tear in the knee, and I'm like, "Oh God, this is what I'm dealing with. Okay, I need to, you know, <laughs> present myself a little better." So I never said hi to them. But I just mm-hmm. sheepishly went on their social media. I went on Instagram and I was like, "Damn, y'all have game is on point. Like, where did yes. y'all even get these ideas? Y'all just came through looking like a two man gang in this thing, and I am very
1: <laughs> <laughs> they are like a great aesthetic couple. I will say that.
2: <laughs> yeah, you I'll got- say a lot
1: of great things about them.
2: Oh, yeah, because you got Greg. He kind of looks like a very happy uh, Henry Rollins.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never thought about that, but I see it.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah, so that's one thing I've gotten in recently. Um, I've made it a point right now to try and, like, buy up things that are local to me. Like, uh, I got in this sustain pedal from Austin known as the soundstone uh only ran me about forty dollars and it's been working pretty good with me um another thing i just got in and again under your influence i don't know why it took me so long to just say screw it and buy one but i am now the proud owner of a squire Starcaster.
1: (gasps) nice what which one did you get
2: i got the all maple one so i got the maple fretboard Maple, all that. It is the only guitar in my collection outside of my. Oh, uh, well, oh, well, okay. I've got a few guitars that aren't, but for a while, I would always get bummed because all my guitars are either orange or sunburst, and they're fine colors, but yeah. they're usually not my first choice. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was nice to switch it up. And I have a very unhealthy love of maple fretboards.
1: <laughs> what do you What do you think of it?
2: Honestly, it's. It's a lot better than I expected it to be, especially coming straight from the shop. uh, Not from the shop, but straight from Squire. Like, it's the first new guitar I've bought since I bought my Orange Gretsch. And um, the fact that it came out the box playing the way it did has been nice. It Mm -hmm. sounds exactly the way I kind of need it to because for the longest time, I was just kind of looking for a guitar that was in the same vein as my Gretsch's but was also different. And that kind of fills that space fairly well. It records well. It feels good. And... um it feels really fact, good. It feels great. Now, do you remember, Emily, whenever uh, Fender had the Modern Player Series?
1: No, I don't.
2: Okay. Um, I don't remember the year. But it was, like, the first year they run the Modern Player Series. So they had, like, a Nashville, uh, Nashville-style uh, pickup setting. For one of their telecasters where it was like a humbucker in the bridge that you could uh that had coil tapping in it, a strap pickup in the middle, and then the regular tele pickup in the neck. Nice. So it was around that time. I'll have to research and see when that was. But it was around that time they actually re offered the um Starcaster and it was in the same two colors. It was in uh Sunburst and Maple.
1: Was that when they were doing the Fender Starcaster?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah it was I remember that. Starcaster. Mm-hmm. and I remember playing one. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna buy one. I'm gonna buy one," but never did. So I remember the last time I played one, and now playing one of the Squire ones, I really can't tell too much of a difference. And yeah, saying something.
1: I was thinking, like, as soon as I got this, it's like what three or four hundred dollars, depending on which one you get. I'm like, this plays like an eight to nine hundred dollar guitar easily.
2: Well, and I think it's also important to remember that, like, it really doesn't matter what you kind of drop on a guitar, as long as it feels great to you. Like I've yes. got a range of just gear here. And I don't think I've ever paid more than a thousand on any of these instruments. And I'm
1: I waiting,
2: I'm waiting for that day. You, I'll be honest. Like I've been uh, kind of looking at, you know, the Gretsch site and I'm just like, one of these days, I'm going to trade it all away and I'm buying a Falcon, but today's nice. not that day.
1: Yeah, I have literally two two guitars that are worth more than a thousand dollars: The Tuna Tone and a, a vintage uh, Coronado two.
2: Oh God, I want to play a Coronado so bad one day. I oh think
1: yeah, come by sometime. Th- well, when this all oh, when we're when you're allowed to come
0: by. <laughs> when there's not imminent threat of like death by asphyxiation due to a terrible virus. Yeah, no. or by police.
3: <gasps> oh, uh. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh <laughs> I got a new pedal. I got some new pedals. Oh, <laughs> uh, what'd you get? I got uh the Surfy industries surfy Bear Reverb. Uh they're compact. It's it's an actual spring reverb with real springs in it.
2: Is it kind of like one of those parts where you can kick it?
1: Yeah. That that crashing sound, totally. And it's got a a mixer one and two, so you can have a really, really wet sound and then kind of a drier sound, uh, and you can go between those, which I think is really cool. But does it drip? Oh, does it ever? It drips. It drips. It's very drippy. Very, very drippy. Yeah. I also got... uh, Ernie Ball sent me to demo uh, their... VP volume pedal tuner, which is really slick, uh, really, yeah. really, really slick. Uh, and their expression pedals, uh, their their ambient delay, their uh, expression overdrive, and their expression tremolo that our friend uh, Mike Adams gave some input on. So I haven't really been able to play around with many of those a lot. I played around with the tremolo some. And I talked to to Mike kind of about like some of the suggestions that he made, and I'm just very glad he was around to make the suggestions that he made on this pedal. is all i'm gonna say but uh I'm really looking forward to to filming those uh soon, but yeah, it's really exciting uh people are people are sending me things to demo, and it's really cool to see uh brands who seem to kind of get get what i'm I'm doing, so that's really lovely
2: that is amazing. I can't wait to hear what you come up with, with those pedals. Cause I remember for the longest time, I would see those in guitar center and whenever they came out with the first iteration of them, people were really hyped on them, but I would see them used at like various guitar shops. I'm like, Ooh, that's steel, yeah. but I never, you know, quite made the decision to go ahead and do it.
1: Yeah. I, um, the, the tremolo is the best of them, uh, is, is what I've, heard from a lot of people i had uh the ambient delay just for a little bit uh it, ultimately like i i just i got the Earthquaker avalanche run right after that so i didn't have a need for it so and a friend was wanting it so i sold it to her um but yeah i'm excited to actually be able to spend some time with it this time figure it out give it some love and, and film these demos i mean i know they're not like the new exciting Kind of pedals, but it's still, I think, a really great idea of a pedal, a pedal platform slash format. Now, on that note, uh, can we chat? Do you want to chat sponsors?
0: Sponsors, sponsors,
1: sponsors, sponsors. This week's episode of the Get Offset podcast is sponsored by Surfy Industries. They have an office in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, they make real deal spring reverb units, uh, pedal sized. Um, I mean, it's still a big pedal, but it's not the biggest pedal I own, and it sounds really great. Again, real spring reverb, uh, Surfy Industries. I'm, I am floored by this pedal, and I am probably going to buy a new power supply so that I can get it on my board. I really, it's just so cool. It's just so cool. <laughs> So thanks to Surfy Industries. Uh, I'll have that. I have that demo. It has launched by the time this episode launches. So check that out on the YouTube page. That's the sponsor.
2: Yay.
1: Yes. Um, and I do want to say that uh, this sponsorship was a paid for spot. And I have uh sorry, Andrew, I donated that money to um, a couple of causes. I donated it to a few bail funds nice and uh campaign zero as well. very cool yeah so thanks, Surfy Industries. I think they would approve of me spending the sponsorship money that way. I was gonna spend i was gonna donate all of our YouTube revenue, but it's really not very much money, so. I donated it. Here's three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's like
2: $27. Hey, any, any little bit.
1: Seriously. I'm very excited and proud and humbled, I guess, that at people – enough people have subscribed to our YouTube channel that I could monetize it. I just Quick want question. that money be
2: a... Sorry. Y'all can't hear the rain in the background, can you? It's raining? It's yeah. raining? Yeah no i can't hear it you good okay yeah all right as long as y'all can't hear it we're good
1: (laughs) oh yeah rick said it was gonna storm good yeah
0: i don't i don't know why i said that that was just a very forceful reaction for me sorry
1: (laughs) good i my apple tree needs water
0: (laughs) as does mine
1: yes you have an apple tree too
0: I do have an apple tree though, but oh. here, here's here's the thing with my apple tree is, last year there wasn't a single edible apple on there.
1: Oh, codling moths get them or something.
0: Uh, I, no, no, it was like fruit flies and stuff.
1: Okay, here's what you need to do: is you need to, you know, those little like uh, footies that you use when you try on shoes. You need to buy some of those or like paper bags or plastic bags. You need to zip tie, like not zip tie them, but like twist tie them onto the apple trees that prevents the bugs from getting into the apples but the apples can still grow
0: well the point i was going to make is that if an apple tree produces a lot of bad apples at some point you got to find yourself wondering maybe the tree is diseased maybe there's something wrong with this tree I, get, what, I like that I analogy, and
1: I I get what you're saying. But if we want to talk literally about your specific tree, I think that you should try.
0: Okay. Yes. Yes. I I know that you're taking it very literally. I I'm and sorry. I admit that I was grounding my good analogy in enough reality that it could have been taken in a sense of reality.
1: Are you just trying to wonder if all cats are beautiful?
0: All cats <laughs> are beautiful. I you know I no I I take that back. I don't I actually don't like all cats. I no, like all spot.
1: cats are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Baker's Dozens.
0: <laughs> Baker's Dozens.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Sean, how yeah, long yeah. have you been living in Seattle?
2: I lost track. Um, like a by, year? Yeah, about a year. Uh, actually, more than a year. I've been here oh. about a year and a half. Um Oh. I got here tail end of 2018. Yeah. Oh 2018. wow. Yeah, uh, I kind of kept quiet for a little bit whenever I first got here, because I was just like, it's really easy for me to kind of just say, "All right, who's touring? Let's get it. Let's let's get this work in." <laughs> but I, nice. I, I kind of needed uh, a little bit of time to more get myself a little more structured, and you know live a little bit more life and also yeah. too many bommies.
1: Mm, yeah. We got that a lot. We got a lot of that here. Good bon is good pho. Whew. So you're, I mean, you're a killer guitarist. So were you, were you playing a lot and touring a lot when you lived in Texas?
2: Yeah. Um, so back in Texas, I was kind of in a weird position where I was in a uh, touring act and I was in a band called Thieves of Sunrise, which was kind of like, a mix between the allman brothers pink floyd and the grateful dead and we toured all over the uh, united states um one of the reasons why i love seattle the way i did before moving up here was like we would always come up here during the summertime and it was never a degree over 95 and i was like it's amazing (laughs) this god barely
1: ever agree over 83
2: (laughs) yes and you know coming from the south where like you know you've I was either spending all my time either in football pads, basketball practices or marching band. This is very welcome for me to just kind of take a, a break from that from 24 years of just death by sun.
1: Yeah, the south summers in the south are no joke.
0: I heard I uh, I heard the folks in the south are less scared of hurricanes and more scared of their AC unit dying.
1: Yeah, well that's <laughs> true. Because you will die if your AC unit dies. I don't know how they lived back.
0: I, I don't even know ACs. how we make it out here in Seattle with most of us not having AC. I mean, that's brutal. Do you have AC? I don't have central AC. I have one portable AC unit that gets like one like one room out of all the houses, or mm-hmm. out, of the house, out of the whole house, uh, if I am lucky. And yeah, that's we... a bit like cranking full blast starting at six a.m. trying to keep things cool, and it's a losing battle.
1: We can do the fan uh, that can push, at least move air throughout the whole house. But really, we find we only need the window unit one month a year.
0: Yeah. Uh, nice thing is, like, with a like a townhouse like that, though, like, the, the amount of, like, roof area that's getting sun on it is a little bit small. Like, I've got skylights air. in my house.
1: Yeah, that sucks.
0: <laughs> like, like, part of me, like, do I just, like, should I just tape a tarp down to the roof during the summertime? Like...
1: Do the Texas Ever. thing and put foil in all the windows.
0: I've thought about doing that um, a lot. We've got it's an older house, and a lot of the windows are super old and leaky and have no insulation. I mean, this place is an absolute sieve when it comes to air conditioning uh, management. So, you know, anyways, I'm all that to say. You guys are all probably thinking I'm a total wuss, which is true. I deny none of that. You're weak. I am weak. I know. I I, I made it. I lived in in LA for five years and I did just fine. You want to know why? Everywhere you go has AC. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's the same as living when I lived in Nashville.
0: Like you walk from the house, you open the door. Ooh, it's an oven out there. But your glasses
1: fog up immediately. 30
0: seconds. You're in the car, which is hot, but you roll down the windows real quick just to flush out all the extra hot air, crank the AC
1: you have to be and very careful when you touch the um, seat belt, though.
0: Careful <laughs> when you touch the seatbelt. Careful when you uh, – that's why I, I don't know if I could ever do a car with leather seats just because I had a car with leather seats during that time. And it just – ah, ah, like grab a towel. And when out, you're – imagine,
1: imagine now being a girl who like the only shorts you can buy are short shorts <laughs> and then you have to sit your ass on a leather seat.
0: Okay. I don't know about you, but I like to show off a little bit of thigh myself and that that, that has burned me in the past. Put I've literally.
1: bought I've I've bought Rick some like really short swim trunks and I just wish he would wear them.
0: <laughs> I I've got a trick for that
2: actually. Have... Oh you do? Yeah. So me and my mom like to habitually bother my dad and we'll do things like uh paint his toenails while he's asleep <laughs> and then take all of his shoes so that way he has to wear flip flops nice. wherever he has to go. And there was one time he didn't know that his, uh, his, uh, finger tail, f- yeah. finger, finger tails, what's toenails? the word? Toenails. Thank you. Uh, he didn't know his toenails were painted and he didn't realize it until he walked into a Walmart, reached down to get some beans, looked at his toes and then ran <laughs> out.
0: Looked at them toe beans. Look at
1: them yep. toe beans. Ah, no. beans. Oh, man.
0: This can't be happening to me.
1: Hope it was a good color.
2: It was a nice sparkly pink. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah. That's a good color. Very good color. Almost it's got like a it's pop, you know?
0: hmm
1: Yes.
0: Alright, so moral, moral of the story if Emily would like to see her husband in short shorts all the time, uh to, she needs to paint Rick's toenails. I right, think I
1: think that the, he's saying is I need to hide the other pants.
0: I suppose that would work as well.
2: <laughs> also fun fact, my father's name is also Rick.
1: Oh, Rick's Rick's gotta stick together. Right. Does he do do people always hear greg because that's what Rick always says. He'll introduce himself to someone and be like, Oh hey Greg
2: No, he sometimes he'll get Richard for some reason and we're all like, Nah, it's just Rick. It's either yeah, Rick my, or Ricky.
1: My Rick's not a Richard either. His his grandmother was afraid that people would call him little Richard.
2: <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. What?
1: Are you wondering That's what's cool. wrong with that?
2: Um Be- I, I'm thinking of little Richard, the man who I love near and dear, but I also forget that like there's another uh name for Richard that still doesn't make any sense to me. Dick? Yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just it's just a rhyming thing that used to be that used to be huge, like rhyming names, like so, Peg for <laughs> Margaret, because Margaret turned to Meg, which turns to Peg, which turns to Peggy. But uh, no, it was she was she was just thinking about the the the, the flamboyant singer.
3: <laughs>
1: Rest so fun, in peace.
0: Fun fact: One of my friends growing up, um, the name on his birth so he went by Ricky, and the name on his birth certificate was Richard Cummings Jr.
1: No, no, no,
0: no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I can't make this up. No. He went by Ricky when we were kids, and, and now that we're all adults, he goes by Rick, one of the greatest humans I've ever met in my life, one of, like the most genuinely nice human beings you'll ever meet. Like, you immediately get vibes like, this dude would give me the shirt off his back. Uh, but I, I've always felt that tinge of, oh, and then his oh. dad was Rick Cummings Sr.
1: I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to do this.
0: <laughs> you don't have to, but they did. You so don't I'm, have
1: to junior your children.
0: I'm awaiting the day that he, he announces that he's going to have a kid. And I'm, I'm just, wait, is he going to do it?
1: He is better he gonna- not
0: richard cummings the third listen
1: i think that the one way to like get into the topic of this episode is that sometimes traditions need to die
0: that is fair before i get too far i would also like to share that the the campus pastor at my undergraduate university which is a christian university and so a had campus pastors the primary campus pastor's name was woody morewood
1: why I...
0: I can't make this up Google it, Google Woody Morwood Azusa Pacific University Again, one of the kindest human beings I've ever met in my life
1: Well you can't be an asshole if you have a name that ridiculous.
0: And Here's the best part I I attended that school for a total of uh, three and a half years so seven semesters and I didn't realize till semester five that there was something weird about his name. It just never clicked with me (laughs) and I remember like that aha moment of like, (gasps) No, wait,
1: okay, Answer. how did I I've googled it Andrew. I'm gonna ruin everything for you. Uh-huh his name's his name is James. Woody is his nickname?
0: I know that
1: because of his last name. so to say his name is Woody Morewood just means that he's taken the nickname based on his last name.
0: Well yes, and he's a really funny guy.
1: That's <laughs> that's that so funny. I like I really like that, but like it would be like me naming my kid Patty Patsy. Or Patsy Patsy. My grandfather's name is Harry Harris. <laughs> that's not a joke. That's real. I... <laughs> Did you all think <laughs> it was a joke? <laughs> like, there was a long pause.
0: It can be true and still a joke.
1: Oh, But the thing is, he was only the fourth kid. It's not like they ran out of names.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. What are we gonna... Do we have anything else other than Harris?
1: His older brother's name was Homer.
0: That That's a nice name. Homer Harris. I, I could dig that.
1: Homer Harris. Oh, gosh.
2: No.
0: be <laughs> a great baseball name.
1: Yeah. You know what? It is, sounds like an old school baseball player. Homer Harris. Well, we have Homer Bailey was a Reds pitcher. I don't know if he still is.
0: No one Homer's cares a about name. Cincinnati. Come on.
1: I'm going to mute you. <laughs> Again. <laughs> so, um. Earlier, Andrew, you mentioned that last week we didn't actually... If you download the episode last week, friends, you uh, just got an hour of absolute silence and a list of organizations you might want to donate to. Um, So, forever um, there have... There's been uh, an issue that's been brought to light more, I think, probably thanks to people having cameras on their phones to be able to video and monitor situations a little bit better. And, you know, probably a a change in the way police have been trained over the years. I don't know. Um, I haven't dug into it that much, but there's been a terrible trend of um, people being killed by the police. And in 2019, 24% of people killed by the police were, were black despite making up only 13% of the population. And despite the fact that white people, according to the FBI commit more crime. Um, and a, a man in Minneapolis named George Floyd was uh, murdered by the police. Um, and that combined with, um, a woman named Brianna Taylor, who was murdered by the police in Louisville, uh, also a black woman, um, And a few other instances just over the course of jeez. I I feel like every year it's in the news more and more and more and we see it more and more and more. And finally something just broke and people across the world are now protesting in solidarity with, with Black Lives Matter and demanding police reform if not completely defunding and figuring something else out instead of the current police structure um and last week in seattle at this time there were protests and these protests we were watching it live on the news i think andrew and i both separately um watching as the police use basically chemical weapons on its own citizens chemical airborne irritants uh, commonly referred to colloquially as tear gas, even though they will say often that they didn't use tear gas. They used pepper balls or something else like that. Um, and we were just watching it, and we were supposed to record that night, and we just decided that it wasn't the time. And we were just not in the right headspace for it. So that is why we did not release an episode last week. It's the first time we've ever skipped a week and did not uh, release an episode. Um, and that's something that we have had a little bit of time to think about and have maybe put together some, some words or just talk about this with, with the three of us um, about kind of what's going on and what it means. It's been a trip uh, just seeing how different people and brands are responding to everything that's happening
0: yeah Uh, so maybe it might be hard to believe but i tend to be an empathetic person and this week has been really difficult for me to watch and i say that acknowledging right out the gates that i'm a white guy and I—I'm not experiencing this nearly to the same level or degree that uh, a, a lot of other folks are experiencing. Like I, the amount that I'm getting it at is just where I'm at with my where as much as I can be, and it's just been a whole lot to take in. Um, I really should have written something down uh, to help collect my thoughts because I've had just an entire week of just racing thoughts and just. A whole lot so I I guess I'll I'll do my best real quick just to run through some of the the major thoughts that I've had this week I have been beyond appalled at some of the things I've seen cops do this week Uh, I've been beyond appalled at the senseless murders that have been uh, we've seen run through the news cycle and not just in the last month but over the the last decade or so I mean I'm a younger guy, uh, and the first – the I can't believe that there's like a – oh, the first time I – like there shouldn't be like that. It, I remember when Trayvon Martin was murdered and thinking, oh, this is really strange, and people are really upset about this and don't really understand what's going on. And I remember that being the first time as a senior in high school, the first time I really had that click of, oh, something doesn't seem right here. And over the last decade or so, really just kind of trying to dig in and listen to my uh, to my black brothers and sisters and everything that they've got to say in their perspective. And uh, it's all been really kind of brought to the front in the last couple of months, especially for me. And I know that that's a privilege to to have been able to kind of take it as I'm able to take it in doses, um, kind of at my own speed. And it's just been on full throttle. Something's got to change. This is, this is so far past. And I know I sound like the, like every, a lot of people I'm sure are like, uh-huh. We've been saying this for years. Yeah. And you know what? It, 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 we're here now and we're, we're saying it, it's got to change. It's, we're so far past what's acceptable. I, My brothers, my dad, my grandpa, my great grandpa were all in the military. They've all done uh, a whole lot for this country. And the stories of being a military brat from my friends and family about what it's like to – like the rules of escalating violence and war zones and stuff like that. And I'm flipping around and I'm seeing like how cops are treating this kind of stuff. And I'm just – whoa, we went from zero to 85 real fast here. This is not okay. This is – in an ideal world – the The institution of the police should be honorable. And right now it's not, and that's got to change. And not just for the sake of the, the institution of the police, because that's really not my main priority here. I admit that there's a little chunk in the back of my head that really wants to believe that the institutions that serve and protect our, our country are honorable, just being the military brat, and as much as I've been, I had my own experience of leaving the military community um, over the last few years and, setting out as a civilian it that's not my main prior i really couldn't like that's not where my headspace is that like people just ugh, need to stop get, getting killed i mean this is absurd this yeah. is so far past gone yeah um, as a as a christian who believes in the sanctity of life this is absolutely heartbreaking and soul crushing on that level um i don't know i'm
3: mm-hmm.
0: i i, I I've, I don't have a complete perspective on it. I don't pretend to have a complete perspective on it. I I just know that from the amount that I've been able to see is more than enough for me to say, all right, this is, we're, we're past the level of okay. And I, I've been at that point for a few years now and seeing it, I really should have written something down, but you guys are getting, you're getting a sneak peek of me, um, kind of processing in real time.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, this has been bubbling since, um, at least, since the early '90s. I wasn't aware of the, you know, everything that happened. In, in, was it Freddie Gray in Los Angeles? Gosh, no.
0: Are you talking about the '90s, Rodney I King?
1: Am. Rodney King.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's no secret that so Freddie I mean, Gray
1: was just five five years ago.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of this is new. I mean, th- our country is has a long and very inglorious history on this subject and it's one that honestly I didn't get enough education on when I was in school. Uh, I I'm still learning no, about like and- major major historical things like wait, what happened?
1: Yeah. The the firebombing of was it Tulsa?
0: Tulsa. Um uh, I mean, we don't need to, to bring that all up and um, I've done enough I talking. Did,
1: like We haven't. Yeah, we have done enough talking.
0: <laughs> I've done enough talking. I've got my. Yeah. This is the part where I, we ref- look back at last week where we took the week off to not say anything because we were in even worse shape last week in terms of our ability to put together coherent thoughts and just feeling the the a whole lot of emotion, just kind of rushing through and just not knowing how to handle that. We're still barely a step further forward than that. Yeah. Uh, and I, it was really important for us to take the last week. Kill the episode is the first episode that or first week that we've skipped since we started the show. It uh, and, and take the week to just listen to other voices and I,
1: and amplify other voices.
0: Yeah. So apology, apology, Sean. I'm I'm used to doing a lot of talking in the show. I really should have shut up a lot sooner. No, you're fine. You're fine. I get it. No.
1: So, I mean, I can't, um, pretend to imagine what it's like to, to be anything other than a, a privileged white woman and, and dealing with the police and, uh, to be honest, that's not always great either. Um, but Sean, just like just what, anything that you feel comfortable talking about or sharing, we, we would love to hear what you have to say.
2: Okay. Um, first of all, I want to uh, thank y'all for at least giving me this platform and giving me the time of day to talk about things like this. Because I'll be completely honest... Um, When it comes to my relationship with music and the people that I have played with and people who have managed the band and bands I've been a part of, um, I haven't really been able to speak on this in any kind of capacity where I felt like I was being heard unless I was with my family or my best friend back in texas she lives in austin now and um uh, like straight up this conversation wouldn't have happened a few years ago if i was still in texas so thank y'all for that um i also apologize if i do what they call in wrestling cut a promo (laughs) and that's (laughs) there won't be any yelling but there's gonna be a lot of rambling but um
1: cut your promo i'm for it (laughs) (laughs)
2: So, here's the deal. I'll I'll start it this way. Um, My whole family comes from various parts of the country. Um, My mom's originally from Ohio. My dad is from Oak Cliff, um, which, um, if you're in the Texas area, if you're in the Dallas area, you know that's the hood. Or what used to be the hood in the 80s and the 90s before um, gentrification happened. Um, I was born in Dallas, raised all over the North Texas area. And um, my parents had me fairly young, so purposes that way, you know. We all know kind of the preconceived notions of being black in the South. It can be a hassle. Like, that already sucks. So, my parents worked really hard to try and get us into a point where me and my three little sisters, that's Kia, Skylar, Kennedy, had the best opportunity not to wind up in some of the situations that they had been in here's the thing though um they don't really end up in situations where they're that bad like um i don't know how they work up here but like uh uh educate me so if you get a ticket up here and it goes unpaid does it go to a warrant here i really don't know i don't think i've gotten a ticket okay
1: i uh, i know that seattle has done some things to try to uh reduce the inter- the negative interactions between police and people, things like decriminalizing jaywalking and marijuana for that matter. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm actually not sure about warrants being served for tickets.
2: Right. And that's the one thing that um kind of sets the tone for these things is the fact that like, you know, I've had to, s- I've, I've on multiple occasions as a young boy and as a young man have had to see have to see my parents in handcuffs just over a speeding ticket just because they have to run us to and from school before they go to work and things of that nature. And, you know, that right there is already a lot. So here's the thing. Um, In all those situations, police did their job. They were annoying. They were... Very aggressive. Uh, not aggressive, but, like, more aggressive than they needed to be over a ticket, let's be real. But they mm. at least did the job they were supposed to do. Um, so, whenever you see these situation, situations escalate and escalate to where it goes from, like you said earlier, it goes from, like, 0 to 85 and no time at all, it kind of... puts a little fear in you like you know it there's been uh multiple times where i've oh um this person has gotten shot and it all stemmed from a uh what's it called uh a ticket and i'm like holy shit that could have very easily have been my parents that could have very easily have been my uncle my grandfather my grandmother especially giving how our history with uh police is. Again, nothing violent, nothing bad. You know, we're just a speeding ticket, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is that like, yeah, it's easy to get those, it's easy to take care of them, but at the same time, you know, we're it's also easy to
1: lose them and or hard to pay them sometimes. They can be so expensive. And that's like that can be the difference between any middle class person who doesn't have $500 in an emergency fund that's like half of Americans or more
0: yeah I had a I got a speeding ticket in LA County a couple years ago three years ago right before I moved up here uh and it was 460 bucks plus I opted to pay the extra money to take the online driver's training so my insurance wouldn't hear about it
1: oh wow that's just weird and gross and bad Oh,
0: shoot. Yeah. that was not cheap.
1: Yeah, and it's not also not a capital offense,
2: right? Or it shouldn't be, just...
1: but it seems to be sometimes.
2: All right, and 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 again, like it's already hard enough if you're busy. Now you know, add add. You know, you got four kids you really want to take care of, four kids that you're busting your ass to like. Get to a good school system that the two of y'all can barely afford to stay in because you know screw trying to live in a decent place without paying all of your paycheck to be able to stay there just to rent it Um, you know I just I don't know it, it it's it's weird to think about because a lot of the things that kind of happen can be avoided you know what i'm saying right like
1: just talking about um police serving warrants uh for arrest for tickets instead of going to collections or something else that would be normal and would reduce the interact the negative interactions these officers have right so
2: so with things like that i really think um one of the things that kind of sucks is is that every time you hear i hear about these incidents and you know someone being killed somebody being choked out over something that could have been avoided i just think about my folks and then that doesn't even get to where i stand as a musician where playing in a southern rock band i'm playing in a lot of areas where people don't know me there people don't know i'm in a band about to play You know, and I wake up getting out of the tour bus looking rough because I'm the road's hard, you know, you get tired driving from place to place. And it is very easy for me to be in a position where I to the untrained eye probably look sketchy enough, where like, oh hey, that person has something that looks expensive and he doesn't look like something he doesn't look like someone that owns something expensive, I'm gonna call police.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Out-of-state or out-of-town county license plates. That was a big thing in Cincinnati, people getting pulled over for, well, black people getting pulled over for their license plate not matching the neighborhood
2: they were in. Right, and that's something that straight up does not fly.
0: So. Yeah, because people in America never, you know, travel.
1: No. Yeah, yeah, never. Yeah, it just doesn't happen.
2: (laughs) So you. You you kind of pull all that together and you're just constantly in this state of what if I'm next? Because it could easily be myself being a hashtag one day. Yeah. Um, especially I remember one that uh, kind of hit me the hardest was the death of Eric Gardner and um, just all the things I read online, all the shit I would hear. And venues. Um and you you guys have met me. I'm big guy. Just big for no reason, as they say in the South. Um Yeah, it's one of those things where like people are saying, Oh, if he wasn't so overweight, if he didn't have diabetes, if he didn't have asthma, he wouldn't have died. I don't know. it's, it's it shouldn't just... have been put in a
1: chokehold for how many minutes?
2: Oh, oh, over a loose, over a loose cigarette, like it. Yeah,
1: because of a cigarette tax, stealing money like pennies from the government.
2: Right, and it's just, oh man, it's I it's. Just,
1: I, I strongly, like, there shouldn't be a reason to arrest somebody for that. Write them a ticket, and they pay it, or it goes to collections. Like, if that's what you want to do, or maybe just like focus on on bigger things there's no reason there's no reason for so many of these negative interactions to have happened George Zimmerman never should have followed Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland probably never should have been arrested, George Floyd killed over a, a, a suspected fraudulent $20 bill Women, uh, Breonna Taylor killed for sleeping in her bed while being served a no-knock warrant that wasn't even for her These interactions should not have happened.
2: And there's another one that a lot of people forget about, but thankfully she's been arrested. We're talking about a cop in Dallas. Yes.
1: Uh, Walked into the wrong man's apartment and killed him.
2: Botham Jean. Like it's, and I was, I used to live in that area. So again, could have easily have been myself just like, Oh, Hey, who's that at the door? Why the hell am I being told to put hands up? i'm at the crib yeah yeah so is this was she was she drunk yeah uh well if i remember correctly yeah she was under the influence of alcohol she was drunk she shouldn't Uh, she
1: shouldn't have had her gun with her like uh, gosh and and now like guns and bars is legal in a lot of places which is astounding
2: yeah i mean oh, uh, oh sorry
0: Oh, if I may jump in real quick, couple of things is one the instance of Botham Jean really tore me up because uh, I mentioned earlier, I went to a private Christian university and he had gone to Harding. I think if I remember off the top of my head, I remember my uh, my feed filling up with photos of like people that I know with Botham Jean. It, it turns out like a lot of mutual friends and I was like, oh, oh man, that's like in that level of like, how many people I know who knew, knew the guy uh, that was really tough to see. Cause like, this could be, a, that could have been any of my friends, probably not going to be me. And that's a very privileged thing to be able to say, but that was really tough. Um, and then something else that I, I am seeing way too much of this nonsense being thrown out there. It's like, oh, well, he had meth in his sister. Like, people are trying to find ways in every single way. That's, re-
1: not, that's not a capital offense.
0: In every single one of these instances, there's, there's – tr- people are trying to defame the character of any of the victims, which is ridiculous.
1: It's hashtag no angel bullshit.
0: Ridiculous. Is something about not
1: the Brown, still a child. Yeah, it's not the point. It's not the point. Because there's plenty of white people who have checked all those boxes and they don't get killed by the police in yeah, the same so numbers.
0: Dylan Roof and that is the only going to be the time. The only time I'm going to say that name on this podcast.
1: Just fill in the blank: white male shooters who
0: don't kill themselves yeah shot up shot up a bunch of black church or, or shot the black church and was arrested peacefully dude was armed he had murdered people so you had the intent to I mean, and he had credibly done way worse than any of the things i've seen george floyd quote-unquote accused of
1: right
0: which i and also think still... are all very fake trumped up charges
1: well i mean but regardless he he was he was tried and convicted of crimes and he served his time and was released and that shouldn't he, he wasn't doing anything like it just it doesn't have any factor the The one that really got me was uh back in twenty fourteen a man named John Crawford the Third was shot in Beaver Creek, Ohio in a Walmart for having a toy gun a uh, a guy a white guy called the police knowing that it was a toy gun um he called the police on a black man who had a gun in a Walmart, which Ohio was an open carry state. If it had been a real gun, Sean, John Crawford, the would have been completely within his rights to be open carrying an automatic weapon. Um, and so the police come, they corner him They don't announce who they are or they do, but within moments of saying who they are and what they want to do, they shoot him dead. And then not only did did this, this father die, he, another woman was killed. I think she had a heart attack or something from just the shock of everything that was happening. And she had two children who were, I think with her when all that happened. And what really pissed me off about that is the NRA who gets is so vocal about open carry and gun owners rights. They did nothing for this person who would have been well within his own rights to, to open carry a gun. And the guy who made the false call to the 911, I don't think anything happened to him. So you have the system where it's just legal and okay. And nobody stands up for people. And gee, I wonder why I wonder why the NRA didn't say anything about, John Crawford the 3rd.
0: also didn't say anything about Philando Castile who during a traffic stop identified to the officer that he was a legal uh gun owner, identified where the weapon was a- and
1: over his last words I wasn't reaching for it.
0: Mhm. And NRA Enright said nothing. But so and we could go through the I mean we're barely scratching the surface. I, the the list of horrendous crimes just in this decade, literally just in this just decade, in
1: the past six years. I, I mean, Trayvon, Trayvon Martin should be like twenty seven, twenty eight years old.
0: And these are all just things that, like, I, I've been made aware of as a white guy. It, I mean, these are just, it's so prevalent that it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It and- needs to stop. It needs
0: to change something's got to give and i i really think this movement has some ve- there's some really good points being made about this movement in terms of police reform i think really rethinking the role of what police should play in our community the th- sorts of calls that they should be sent on uh how much funding they're getting i just saw i mean some of the stuff screw the rest of the country for the moment just here in seattle some of the things i've seen the seattle police department caught on camera doing are violations of our of first amendment rights just flat out
1: have, have you been watching the live streams and the, and the coverage sean
0: honestly um
2: after the first day where my uh sisters and my mom went out and then while they were on their way home seeing some of the flashbangs that started happening i couldn't take it really anymore i haven't i've i've been told about what's been going on i'll drop in on one here on one one or two here and there but i'll be honest it's hard for me to um kind of watch them because you always you you always see the people who post them and then someone's like oh yeah no i'm at the protest we're being peaceful and this is this bullshit happening Mm-hmm. and there's always always somebody that's there that's like oh well forget these guys you know they're being violent why should we listen to them because they're being savages and it sends me over the edge because that's literally how this country was founded were people being savages and being like no we're not taking this anymore uh screw the king screw your taxes um we're not doing this anymore." And it's those same people that, like, love this country, love the Constitution. And it, it, it boggles the mind, because, like, if that's the case, there should be no reason other than you do not like black people for you to write right against this cause like this. No, because- seriously.
1: And who knows? who knows who these quote unquote agitators even are?
0: Even if, even if the agitators are a handful of protesters, there's still no excuse for. And, and I fully admit I, that would be making a, a rather large concession here. Yeah, that 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 is making a concession that I'm not actually making right now. But for the sake of a thought experiment here, let's say that that was the case. That is not excuse to one deploy tear gas, which sounds. I hear people. Oh, that's not a big deal.
1: No, it's pepper she- spray. Tear aerosolized. Gas. yeah.
0: The, the Go ahead. form of tear gas That they're using is To my knowledge Not allowed in warfare Per the Geneva Convention It's feel chemical to, weapons Feel free to fact check out that on me But it, it, in saying that out loud And rather Because the name tear gas sounds like Oh it just makes you cry a little Like, we're, No we're talking a, a different level Of what's going on here uh, There's also no excuse that With the first major day of protest Last Saturday I think that would be the 30th uh, a Seattle Police Department officer maced an eight-year-old girl. Yeah. Unprovoked, which personally really upsets me as a parent and as a resident of of the greater Seattle area because I've brought my kid to protest before. I've done protests and marches in the three years that I've been here in Seattle. It is normal to be able to bring your kid to a protest. And and honestly, that's for a couple of reasons. One, it's a great educational opportunity for parents and kids and i think that should absolutely be encouraged to the first amendment does not have an age limit to it so to anybody who would dare have the audacity to sit there and tell me you should have brought your kid to a protest i'm sorry it's a peaceful protest the first amendment does not have an age limit everybody should be allowed to engage in a peaceful that is a basic constitutional right that yeah. even our racist our very racist founding fathers could get their heads around
1: yeah and also for the record, the Boston massacre was partially started because we were throwing dirt claws at at the the British soldiers. so that wasn't exactly a fully peaceful protest either, and neither was the Boston Tea Party and these events that we look at as being like the most important things that we form our democracy around is the, the people's right to express their frustration in certain ways. but we also have seen you know. Uh, people the white nationalist groups pretend to be antifa on twitter to rile people up and to falsely say that they're going to go to like puyallup or wherever snohomish and 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 you know start riots and then those things never come to pass it's just it's it's frustrating And, and the idea that like a few people breaking into a nordstrom uh disqualifies all of protesters but a few cops killing a few unarmed civilians doesn't it's just i don't understand the the cartwheels you have to do in your brain to justify that
0: oh yeah and before i get too far off of that just going back to the the whole kid thing real quick is protesting with kids is nothing new to seattle this is a part of the seattle protest culture this is a part of the fabric the social fabric of this city and to that level, seem makes the fact that the cops just did that on camera. Like the video is out there; it's horrifying. Walked up to a peaceful crowd and just flat out maced the little girl in the face and turned around, and walked off. I mean, that yeah. that feels like as a parent feels like such a betrayal. Knowing that every other time I've been at a protest, chances are decent I probably walked past that officer. I mean. Yeah.
1: They're out of con- it's out
0: of control it's super out of control i just saw uh the twitter sphere is going off in seattle right now because cops are setting up uh rifles on tripods on rooftops in the downtown area i'm rather worried about how that's going to play out uh there's also the there's the way that they did the curfew the first night is they announced a curfew jenny 15 Durkin. Minutes. 15 14. minutes is that 14, yeah I was being generous by saying 15 <laughs> minutes before they had uh, – before curfew had, was enacted. And then, get this, all public transportation is shut down. The freeway was shut down. Uh, the cops had all the protesters in downtown boxed in. And now you've got to – they're like, you're now breaking the line. It's like this really sad – Pathetic excuse to be like, okay, now you guys are breaking the law. You guys were using your constitutional rights 15 minutes ago, but now you're breaking the law by some arb- arbitrary rule we made up on the fly.
1: That you cannot, you can't even escape where you are for
0: the for the there. There's no other purpose other than we needed to find a way to get you guys kicked out and to make that illegal. And now we're going to arrest all of y- all of y'all. And that's just yeah. how it's going to go.
1: And arrest, just
0: like watching, yes, Monday?
1: Monday there was there were people who had umbrellas on the front line to protect themselves from the chemical warfare against them. And one of the cops, you see him grab a woman of I'm sorry, a, woman, a, a pink, pink umbrella, umbrella and then the person who had the umbrella pulls it back, which is just the natural reaction you would have. And right, then they start facing umbrella. everybody. That's that's their umbrella. Like why are you grabbing it? It was so clear you didn't see a bottle flying through the air or anything until that police officer grabbed that person's umbrella. That literally is what started it on Monday. right?
0: Day. And there's like the next day or two, uh, Jenny Durkin came out and said, we're going to take a 30 day break on using tear gas. Not even 24 in. hours later. And here we are again. It's just a very small window in, in the of my ability to experience this uh, and see this as it comes, come, uh, as it hits the interwebs of how screwed up the system is and to what lengths the system is willing to go. I mean, and that this is where I come back to the whole, the apple tree analogy I threw in earlier in terms of like, at some point, like this, this tree is diseased yeah. and we've really got to reevaluate what's going on.
1: Plant something new.
0: I don't know if the answer is planting something. I, I here's what I know is something is broken. What I don't know is how to fix it. Yeah, And I'm okay with not knowing how to fix it. I'm not sure that it needs to rest on any individual shoulders to have that sorted out. And if there was anybody's shoulders on which that should be sorted out, it would be Jenny Durkin, who's the mayor of Seattle and Carmen Best, who is the police chief.
1: Yeah, I think that there are people who have more education and training and understanding of what different systems are, what different options are, and what would work better. I think the baseline thing is we really need to reduce the negative interactions police officers have with the public. Uh, I think we need to increase the de-escalation training that police officers receive. Um, I think that those two things would do a lot. I know that... um, campaign zero has put together a list of eight things that can't wait.
3: Yep. And the, they, they they, can't wait they, they,
1: they, they claim that it would, um, reduce police deaths, deaths at the hands of police officers. That is by like 72%. And I, I do want to say that I understand that it's very scary being a police officer. Um, I just, I know that if you pull somebody over for speeding, You don't know if they're going to be fine and chill and normal or if they're going to shoot you because of any other reason. And I get that that fear exists. I get that you, as a police officer, know that there's a lot of vitriol and hatred around your profession. And I know that you probably got into this. Hopefully, I hope you got into this because you want to help people and make your communities better um, but it, it is very much the idea of if, if, if there is one bad cop and a hundred cops who let that bad cop be a bad cop, if you, if there are a hundred officers who see two officers push over a 75 year old man who's bleeding from the head and the rest of them just walk past it, man, I don't know if it's two bad apples. It might be, it might be but there's something broken with the rest of them too.
0: And and if they are truly good people and they're being st- stuck inside of a system that doesn't allow them to speak out against their fellow officers, then that system's got to change.
1: Yeah. I like, do believe that they are good people.
0: Like yeah. I get it. So I, like I, I mentioned before, I'm a military brat and I, I grew up in the military and there's this thing in the military where you're not supposed to get into politics. You're not supposed to, because then you're, you're using your military status to bolster politics. And there's a whole bunch of, Ish around that and people who speak up politically in uniform it, it, it's just that's a huge no-no i understand that like there's in in, in that context there's the way the system is built out is that you no longer have the ability to speak up you can't speak your mind as a soldier or as an airman or uh name put insert service here if it's but if it's like that for the police and the way that they're the, they're supposed to talk to each other and hold each other accountable as well as for the legal system to be able to hold them accountable. I mean, now we're starting to look at like, okay, that's fine. You know what? For the sake of a thought experiment here, we'll concede that maybe there's a couple of really good guys there that otherwise would be able to say something, but they're scared of losing their job or this, that, the other thing. We could dig into whether or not they're good people, but I really the system is what's breeding these really terrible circumstances. And that's problematic. I mean, looking, as we had mentioned before, the countless list of cases that we could bring up uh, over just the last handful of years and looking at the number of times that cops have been held accountable for some very, like, caught on tape, very clearly wrong, excessive use of force. I mean, they're not being held accountable on a regular basis. Freddie Gray, the officer, was part of a police union it was uh, in New York, um, and was protected and i believe was fired but what there wasn't any charges uh, i mean that's not a new story that this isn't okay anymore this is never okay
1: yeah no also not okay are the the the, the couple people in in this industry who have, have said some really terrible really terrible things i think it's been 95 percent supportive of Black Lives Matter and ending police brutality, but there have been some um, very visible exceptions to that.
3: <laughs> Most notably uh, uh,
1: Mike Fuller from Full Tone Oh, uh, You didn't
0: need to even say his name. You oh, didn't I did. Even... You
1: mean to bleep it out?
0: No, I mean, he I'm already not gonna, bleep...
1: I'm not going to bleep any of the other swears.
2: And I'll leave that in because I just need people to know If Nam ever happens again, and if I come across him, I'm clowning that dude till kingdom come. Him and that itchy (laughs) ass soul patch. And I want to say that.
1: Slap that soul patch off that chin?
2: No, it's just... It's it's one thing that I started noticing as a person that's always wanted to be a part of the industry. And it's one of the things that my parents have always kind of Had to teach me as a child is like, you know, people aren't going to really rock with you the way you think that they should, no matter how kind you are. And, uh, I don't know, it's, it's weird being on the side of things because, like, you meet all these people and you assume they also meet a lot of people. And once you meet a bunch of people, a bunch of different kinds of people, you start to kind of understand that, like, you know, Maybe I should not have this kind of hard stance against this certain group of people because they're just mm-hmm. humans. They're just trying to make it. Okay. So whenever you are able to be so wrong, so loud and then have like a vocal majority of people be like, yeah, it's kind of terrifying. I remember reading that whole post and I was at work fuming. about the yeah. check- phone <laughs> across the room. I was like, very confused because you have people that use your pedals that would not have given you money if they would have known that you were this much of a jerk. Yeah. And, and or remember- even like,
1: like he, he didn't have a, he always has had a reputation for being surly, but n- not like this. Not everyone has known that he's used. He's, he's called people. I hate this word. Uh, fags for having problems with his pedals and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Like who does? Here's my biggest pet peeve about it. How do you have the potential to make so much money and screw all of that up? Just because you can't keep your mouth shut. Yeah.
1: Just because you can't not be a dick. Like, like, the, like not only were the, some of his statements racist and full of dog whistles, like, sorry, what is it? Gang bangers. Like, come on. That's not even like sneaky. You know what eight?
0: though? You know what though? Honestly, I welcome it. I it, maybe this is a bad take. I don't know. I'd rather the racists just come out, like in this industry, all of our closeted racists, because I know that they're there. Yeah. I know I'd rather the closeted racists come out and just say, I'm a racist, however they want to say it. And you know what? The more heinous, the more clear the message is, and the less yeah. likely we're gonna see comment like arguments in the forums like, Oh, well, it wasn't that bad. How could you can't like you know what, whatever. Yeah. I'd rather well, it be like that. What's really concerning is the handful of comments I've seen from folks in the more conservative, moderate sector of the industry. In terms of what I know about their personal politics, that have made comments like uh, about Mike Fuller, such as um, he made the mistake of getting political. <laughs> and, when and is music not right political? Human rights is not political. And, yeah. And, and Black so Lives if,
1: Matter isn't one poli- well, like Sean. Sean was saying, music is political. Black Lives Matter is not political.
0: <laughs> it and the fact that it's been twisted in some sort of political nonsense by the conservative folks I know is just mind-boggling. It takes a lot of acrobatics to get there mentally. But I mean that that's the thing is it's the folks that are like, oh, well, I, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. But what I, I'm really hearing them say and also seeing them like make little snippets of comments about is they're really just more upset about the property damage and the writing the looting than they are about the lack of police accountability, the police overreach, excessive use of force, needless lives that have been taken by police, needless lives that have been taken by ex-police if you in the case of Mod Arbery. I mean it, They're more upset about the wrong things. And this is where I'm starting to come down to like, okay, yeah, you know what? We could talk about some of these things a different time. You know, if you want to have an actual discussion and like sort out what's going on, why people are rioting, we can do that. But don't, please, dear God, do not use that as your excuse for why, A, the Black Lives Matter movement isn't legitimate, because that's not true, uh, and B, why that should overshadow any of any of the brutality, any of the killings, any of the heinous violations of our constitutional first amendment rights. I mean, these are some very, what really should be very basic threads of the DNA of this nation that are being deprived from entire communities. Yeah. So for all my constitutionalists out there, you know what? You should be just as upset as everybody else is.
1: should be madder even.
0: <laughs> and so the people who are just kind of like keeping their mouth shut and kind of keeping their head down because they don't, think that the rest of us would like what they have to say about it one you're probably right we're not gonna like what you have to say about it because you're a little off base there you don't you you just don't get it you need to shut up and you maybe i i don't know part of me would rather have them just come out and say it and i knew who knew who not to support yeah i I
1: do love it when they do that because i'm like never buying your product never booking a gig with your band the other half is
0: i you would personally really prefer to any of the above scenarios is just shut up and listen. And if you've got genuine questions and you're trying to understand and learn and get educated, find people who will help you do that. Don't just assume that don't, don't just assume that your one token black friend is willing to sit down and do all the education for you. Yeah. But ask okay, the questions. S-
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, she is uh, that I I couldn't finish the video. It was bad. Um, You know what? Uh, Education is important. Being able to admit that you're wrong is important. Being able to admit that you've got very limited perspective on this, uh, especially for my white guys out there. Because uh, 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 the more you listen, the more you start to understand it, the more you're like, okay, this is starting to make sense. Because even like, Middle of when I was in college, I was, as I was still learning about a whole lot of this, chances are probably decent I said all lives matter and meant it. And that's bad. That was it's, bad.
1: It's one of those things I've talked about before on the show is you hear something sometimes. It sounds catchy. It sounds like it makes sense on the top of it. And then the more you look into it, the more you realize you're repeating you repeating absolute steaming hot garbage. It's like this happens all the time. Like People used to say that they thought suicide was selfish. And now I think our understanding of why that happens, why people die by suicide is more nuanced, but people would repeat that so much and people would say, well, oh yeah, I don't have a problem with gay people, but I don't think you should call it gay marriage or whatever. And this happens all the time in our society that there's people say something and they they think it sounds right. And then the more you look at them, the wronger you hear it is. And all lives don't matter until black lives matter.
0: I mean, there, there's so many aspects of this to dig into and to really understand. And as much as I, I, I love catchphrases because they're really helpful in, for for a guy like me to be like, okay, I can maybe get behind that as I start to understand it. There's so much nuance, and even after years and years, I'm still finding that I'm learning so much, and I really value the, the perspectives of uh, of my black friends and black folks in the community that are willing to share their thoughts and the, uh, all of that with me. Just mm-hmm. So the folks in the industry right now who are like, I'm just going to kind of keep my head down. You know what? You, that's fine. Keep your head down, but please start listening to someone other than Candace Owens. Start listening to the folks in this community. There's plenty of good folks in this community who would, I'm sure would be happy to talk to you. And don't just assume with some sort of arrogant, I understand how logic works and logically yada, 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 yada. Because here's the deal with logic is Logic is inherently attached to our emotions and our experiences. Logic is informed by our experiences, by our traditions, et cetera, and you can't just assume that you can operate logic in a vacuum. You just can't. You can't detach yourself from the world and say, okay, well, logically, this must be it. Because if you don't understand and don't listen to your black brothers and sisters and their experiences and what it's really like, you're you're never going to see it.
1: And what's and the rant. thing about, what's the thing about Luke 15 and all lives matter?
0: Uh, the sheep. Yeah. Um, the analogy has been used. Uh, so there's been a couple of biblical analogies that run around and I'm going to head this off of the past in saying that few analogies are perfect. And, and most analogies at some point break down. So take this for the point that it's worth. And we're not going to dig too far into the deep <laughs> theological meaning of the passage. Cause yes, of course it's going to break down at some point but the the principle still stands is there's the whole like the the 99 sheep and the one and the the parable of Jesus is about how God cares about all of his children and if one of his children is lost he will leave the 99 sheep and he will go save the one it's it, it and Jesus in a lot of his teachings used imagery of um a, a sheep and a shepherd partly cuz <laughs> we are sheep <laughs> um I love, I love how that joke so soft. I know. I I love how, and, and dumb. That joke landed
1: real good. (laughs) (laughs) I hear Sean back there.
0: So the idea is, is like, you know, Jesus going after the one sheep and the other 90 sheep are like, wait a minute, all sheep matter. What about us? And it's like, yo, dude, you're missing the point. Like the one sheep is like not in a good place right now. We got to fix this. Another one I've seen kicked around is the, and I think this one when you break down the analogy sounds way worse, but for the particular chunk of the story where it applies, I think is a little bit more powerful is the story of the prodigal son. And, and my best 32nd rundown, the, the parable of the prodigal son is there's a, a, this older guy. He's got two kids. One of his kids says, you know what? I wish you would just die. Just give me my inheritance now. And I'm just going to, I don't want to wait for you to pass away from me to get my money. Cause so the father says, you know what? Fine. Here you go. Do what you want with it. Gives him half the, the, his inheritance. Dude runs off to go party in Vegas, have a good time. Next thing he knows, he's out of money. He's homeless. He's got just the clothes on his back and doesn't know what to do. Comes groveling back home. And then this is where the story starts to get a little bit weird and where I, I think the beauty of the stories that Jesus told starts to come out in terms of kind of breaking down the expectation of the, the listener is the father comes out and says, welcome back. Oh, I've missed you so much. We're going to go kill the fattest cow that we got here. We're going to throw a party, get the finest wine out of the cellar. This is cause for celebration. And everybody's sitting there like, uh, what? So the the way that this applies here is right after that, the other brother who didn't say, Hey dad, I wish you died so I could get your money. was like, Hey, why are we celebrating him? I've been faithful to you like this whole time. Like, and so we see the, like an idea of like a picture perfect of what that son is supposed to be like. And the dad's like, dude, it's not about you right now. And it, again, and where this starts to break down is you don't want to then use that analogy and say, uh, say that the analogy is arguing that black people are responsible for the predicament that they're in, because that's not true. No. So don't take that biblical story and twist it, That twist the analogy into that depth. But the point is the, the story very clearly points out that the son was kind of being a dick when he was like, Hey dad, like what, what's going on? Like what, what, why, not, what about me? Why, why did I not get that fat fat cow? Cause you know, fat cows are great. And, uh, those I'm are sorry, just, just a, couple-
1: waiting for a joke to land.
0: <laughs> fat cows are great. Yeah. That
1: good marbling.
0: Good marbling. Mm. Good yeah. flavor. Fat is flavor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's just a couple of particular biblical examples that have been brought up and shared quite a bit to help kind of explain this idea of all lives matter versus black lives matter. It's like, all right, like, sure. If theoretically, yes, all lives should matter. But you're missing the point right now. It, it, there's a whole a whole list of analogies and explanations. Just Google an explanation. If, if those two didn't resonate, Google an explanation. There's no shortage. Yeah, and that's without even getting to the whole like. That's just where we're trying to set the standard as Black Lives Matter, but like, why we got to be able to start there, and then we can take to Black Lives are important. Black Lives are beautiful. Black Lives are to be cherished. I mean, we're just starting with trying to get that standard of Black. Like, we're we really just arguing about whether or not they matter. Like, come on. Yeah, that that shouldn't be our starting place for this argument.
1: No, but it seems to be sometimes. But uh, we have been talking for quite a while. So um, I think there's a lot to talk about in general. Uh, I wish that we could talk about this more. Um, and I really think that we, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little late. Uh, and, I, and I think I, it's, it's a lot of stuff. I'm going to
0: stop talking. Yeah. Cool. sean i just said a whole lot of stuff feel free to tell me off for anything i said feel free to add on to anything i said feel free to tell me that i'm an absolute walnut but i i want to hear more of your thoughts on this before we we call it an episode and I, again i i'm doing the typical white thing of just talking 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 so my apologies on that no you're fine i think
2: uh what i'm gonna say is uh just to the audience right now um just a few things i would look out for um some of your black friends are straight up tired um please don't lean on them to be like oh hey you can teach me about this what am i doing wrong um this or the other um Another thing I can say is, please, if someone calls you out, don't get... It's hard not to get offended whenever someone tells you you're wrong and how wrong you are. I get it. It's kind of like getting a test back and seeing a bunch of red marks all over your paper, and you're looking at your teacher like, what in the world is this? (laughs) So I get it. But you're also talking to someone that feels like... They fall into three categories. They either feel like the next day is going to be the last or the next hour could be their last or they're friends of people who feel like the hour could be their last and they're also sick of you being up to so be mindful of that Um, also straight up like if you're in the guitar community and you have played any kind of shuffle any kind of anything and you are not saying black lives matter there is something seriously wrong with how you think. If you want to discuss it at some point, I would love to, you know, flood flood my DMs, please. But no, if I see you in public, I'm going to want the smoke. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no uh, but seriously, like, um, r- we're just at a point where even myself have been way too patient. Like, enough's enough, and... There's no there's no more standing in the middle. And I I don't know what else outside of that that I can say that I haven't probably already said to people no. in public. Um, please stay safe. Uh especially if you're black, please make sure that your mental health is intact. Please make sure you're okay before anyone else is okay. Like and that's yeah. that goes for anyone going to the protest as well also just uh love one another and we're going to get through this. It's going to be a pain, yeah. but we're going to get through this.
1: Yeah. I mean, we are on I think the the right side. And I I I <laughs> I hope we're unstoppable, you know. Um I it has been One last thing I do want to say, and I think Andrew was kind of getting at this earlier about how even if all of the quote unquote agitators were part of the protest, like the other ways people have been protesting Black Lives Matter and to protest against police brutality has not been working. Every every way Black people have tried to protest, white people have said that's not the right way to protest. Uh, which is bonkers and frustrating, and I think it was it, inevitable that it it would lead to to a lot of feelings, a lot of anger. But cool. um,
2: go ahead. Well, it's like I said a few days ago. It's kind of like uh, anyone who's been bullied as a kid usually has the same experience. You know, you go do all the things you're supposed to do. You go talk to the principal. You talk to your parents. Your parents really can't do anything short of fighting the kid themselves and that's very problematic yeah um oh yeah and so there's only so many things you can do before you just say enough is enough and just take care of the bully yourself so this is and um andrew you said something about things getting twisted and i want to make this perfectly clear um if you see a person of color and they're at a point where they're, f- <laughs> up, or sorry, ah. if they're at a point, I where might believe f- that one. <laughs> if they're at a point where they're like, "I can't take this anymore," you see them swashing windows. That's perfectly fine. Like, how how else do you tell someone to act when they feel like they could be gone tomorrow?
1: Yeah.
2: And it and again on top of that, it's going to be your fault. You're gone tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, just I, I oh, think sorry. the
1: closest white men can come to imagining what it's like to be um, black or a woman is I've, I've, I've used this analogy in therapy before uh, being a bicyclist and riding a bicycle. I mean, you know that not every car is going to hit you or is a danger to you, but every car could have the capacity to slam into you and kill you. Um, you can do everything right. And it doesn't matter. Uh, and then the, the, this is more of the, actually this works pretty well for both. If you do get hit, the first question people ask is what were you wearing?
2: Yeah. I didn't even think about that for bicyclists. That's terrifying.
1: Yeah, it can be. It's worth it though. <laughs> uh, and it's also a choice that you make riding a bicycle. You don't choose to be black. You don't choose to be a woman. Uh, that's just who you are. And it's not a uniform that you can take on or off and it's just a part of, of your existence um forever. And uh listen listen, women have their own reasons. I, I personally feel to to not trust the, the police. There's been too many botched cases of sexual assault and you know, forty percent of police officers, you know the rest. Um, it's nothing compared to 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 what, what black people have to deal with, um, on on a term in terms of, of violence and fearing for your life Alright. around the people who should be protecting you and that's just sad on sad notes is there anything else you wanted to shout sean before and we should probably just have you back on the podcast sometime because this has been fun
2: yeah um i want to shout out the guys at um sinusoid seriously um uh, to be completely honest, the fact that – I'll put it this way. If you would have told a kid like myself back in 20 – at 21, 22, it's like, hey, you're somehow going to get to a point where you're going to be making gear, and the people you're going to work with, you're going to actually enjoy. So shout out to them. Um, uh, just shout out to the people who have been going out to the protests, being you know vocal – being active in terms of that, I appreciate y'all. Um, I want to just say thanks to Recovery Effects. You guys are so sweet. Can't wait for you to meet y'all personally and not creep on y'all from like half mile <laughs> away because you have cool hats. And I want to thank y'all for putting <laughs> me on. Uh, I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. Um, so if you're listening, uh, don't give to our Patreon. Don't buy our merch. Uh, find some, some good causes uh, locally, ideally, to donate to, to support the Black Lives Matter cause. Um, that I think that's the best way uh, I can imagine spending money right now. Um, yeah. Andrew, any, anything else from you, bud?
0: I've got... I, I could go on. I could... We didn't even get to... My thoughts on the president and his oh. use of the bible as a prop and absolutely how heinous that is from a christian perspective it was um,
1: upside down too wasn't it
0: yes it, it was the an
1: antichrist because i wonder
0: that's not how revelation works <laughs> oh but
2: the way actually the way, andrew i want to yeah. get your thoughts on that one day um i've got <laughs> yeah, let's do it i've got some hot takes on trump and the apocalypse so all
0: right let's Yes. We'll chat. That um, <laughs> is, honestly, holding the Bible upside down, I've never been told, like, don't do that. I, I, I mean, don't.
1: it's just. It's just a... People
0: are just, that's one of those, like, just the icing on the cake kind of deals. I'm yeah. more concerned about uh, one, not contacting the church asking for permission, the tear gassing of protesters to get there, the fact that you can hear the tear gas going off in the background of the conference. Uh, and the fact that he's holding a book that he's clearly never read because he doesn't to, he doesn't know how to. He was quoted at uh, uh, journalist asked, "Is that your Bible?" And he said, "It's a Bible," very snarkily.
1: Yeah.
0: In the past, he's mispronounced the the uh, names of some of the books as uh, Americans have always pronounced them. It's not like a, oh, maybe he just learned how to read the Bible somewhere in like no, he, he hasn't read the Bible. Let's be honest. Uh, he's using it as a prop.
1: It, he can't name his favorite verse.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, mine would be Matthew's chapter 5 through 6, which for all of the people who still have an issue with Black Lives Matter need to go read right now. Uh, and a friendly like reminder that Matthew chapter 25 talks about the separation of the sheep and the goats and the way that a lot of the quote-unquote Christians in my timeline are looking right now. I'm seeing a lot of folks that Jesus is going to be like, ah, uh, you go, you're going to hell. I didn't know you. <laughs> People, I am reaching my own boiling point of the absolute misrepresentation of Christ in the way of politics and basic human rights. Screw the Constitution. Read your flipping Bible and tell me that you have any sort of justification for what's going on right now.
1: Well, on that note, is that a note where I can say that? On that note,
0: yeah, you asked if there's anything else, and I just started getting riled up about some. related subject and uh, it's probably best that I stop there before I start naming names
1: on that note uh, thanks for listening thanks for understanding thanks so much Sean for for joining us Uh, until next time I'm Emily I'm Andrew that's Sean and this is Michelle goodbye